Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. Glad you're here with us today. Would you give our worship team another round of applause? You know, they do a phenomenal job each week, and I'm so grateful for them and their talents. Now, over the past four weeks, we have been in a series called Follow, and we've been learning what it means to really follow Jesus. And uh, we learned one thing last week that, that said starting a relationship with Jesus is free. It doesn't cost us anything. And we threw out an invitation to all of you and said, listen, if you would like to start a relationship with Jesus, if you would like to put your faith and trust in him as your personal Lord and Savior, we, we gave you an opportunity to do that. And there were nine of you that said, I'm in. Like, I want to do that. And, and that's... That's definitely worth an applause. Um, that's a, a life-changing decision right there. But we also learned that starting a relationship with Jesus is free, but following Jesus will ultimately cost us something. At some point in your journey, if you say, I want to follow Jesus, at some point in your journey, you'll start feeling some costs happening in your world. And Jesus was very clear in the Bible about that. Very clear. He would tell people, count the costs before you really decide to follow me. And he, he said this, he said, make sure you know this, that the benefits of following me far outweigh any cost you could ever pay. So last week, we threw out another opportunity for you. We said, for those of you who would say, you know what, I need to follow again. I've gotten off track with God, and I once was following, but I've found, if I'm honest, I'm not following right now. And so we gave you an opportunity to make that decision and say, hey, I need to refollow. And there were 31 of you that said, you know what, I need to follow again. And that deserves an applause as well. So for, if you're any one of those 40 people who have either made a first-time decision to follow Jesus or have decided to come back and get back on track with him, we just want to start our service this morning by praying for you. So uh, let's all pray together as a church family. Lord, I'm so excited for those 40 people. Uh, Lord, I'm sure that there's more of us represented in those numbers, but uh, Lord, for those nine who've said, I want to follow Jesus, for the first time in my life. I, I want to uh, put Jesus as my Lord and Savior, make him the boss of my life and, and follow him. Lord, I just pray for them. I pray that they would grow strong in that new relationship. Lord, I pray that we as a church would be a great resource for them to help them grow strong. Lord, in those 31 that said, you know what, I've drifted. Lord, that's something that all of us do. We all drift away from you, and we all have to, to look and see, are we really following Jesus or not? And we really have to count the costs, because there really are some costs to following you. So Lord, I pray for those 31, I pray for all of us that, that claim to be followers of yours, that we would be serious about staying as close to Jesus as possible. So Lord, give us the help that we need to do that. And Lord, I pray that you would guide us in today's message as well. Speak to us through it, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Okay, today's message is going to be like an extension to our follow series, and we're going to look at something that is very important to God. It's something that God wants all of us to be involved in. So if you are a Christ follower, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then God wants you doing this. Whether you call this your church home or there's another church home you're a part of, doesn't matter. God wants you to be involved in what we're going to talk about today. Now, today I want to talk to a specific group of you. I'd like to talk directly to those of you who would say, this is your church home. You call Epic your, your church home. If, if you're going to go to church and this is the place that you choose to go to most often, uh, maybe you've been coming six months or more, maybe you've come in three years, four years, maybe almost five years. If this is the place that you go to get spiritual encouragement and guidance, then I would like to talk directly to you today. Now, if you're here as a new person, maybe you're a guest with us, maybe you're trying to figure out if this should be your church home, we're glad you're here. Um, Maybe you're not here looking for a church home. Maybe you lost a bet and like you had to come to church because you had to get like your friend off your back or, or something, you know, like maybe you don't even know why you're here. You saw a sign and pulled in and you're sitting here going, why am I here? We're glad you're here as well. Um, But you need to know that today's message is not directed at you. So you've got a free hall pass to just, you know, kind of try not to roam the room or anything. You know, it might be distracting, but feel free to just kick back and relax and enjoy the service. Again, what we're talking about today does not directly apply to you, but I ask that you do not check out on me. Because I think today's message can be very beneficial to you. I think you can learn a lot today, especially if you're trying to figure out if this should be your church home or not. See, I'm going to try to do you a favor today and help you answer that question. Now, is anybody familiar with the term speed dating? Don't, don't, don't be shy. Like anybody, like you get the concept? All right, we may have a speed dater here. Okay, great. So here's the concept with speed dating. So you've got someone who is very serious about finding someone else that they would like to be in a long-term relationship with. And they don't want to go through the, the months or the years of trying to figure out if this is the right person or not. So when they date, they're serious about it. So that first date, they're drilling them and asking lots of questions. It's like an interview process. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. Tell me what your likes are. Tell me about your values. Tell me the things that are important to you. And if they're able to determine in a short amount of time, hey, we might have some the chemistry or some of the right things to make this relationship work, great. Then they take that relationship to the next level. But if they don't, you know, sorry, no hard feelings. You're just not the one. I'm moving on. I'm moving on to someone else. So today's message, and this isn't going to sound weird, today's message can be like one of those speed dating experiences, all right? So today, I am going to try to tell you some things that are very important to us as a church family. And if, it, if at the end of the message, you go, wow, my heart connects with that, then great. I encourage you to take our relationship to the next level. If you would say, you know what, I don't connect with that at all. Like, I I just don't feel like my heart aligns with that. That's great as well. And I would encourage you and give you the freedom to check Epic off the box and feel free to to move on dating another church for you to find that right place where God might want you to, to plant and contribute. So now I just, I know that what I just said is probably the weirdest thing you've ever heard in church before, 
right? I get it. And I can already hear some of your lunch conversations. All right, so I can, I can hear somebody saying like, hey, didn't you check out that new church today? How was that? I can hear your response. I think I speed dated a church. <laughs> like, like I, I get it. I know that's the weirdest thing ever. But I think it'll make sense by the time we get to the end of today's message. So if you are ready for our speed dating experience, here we go. Oh, one of the jobs that I have as a pastor is to answer questions about our church. And I get lots of questions on a regular basis about our church. I get questions like this. Where did you get the name Epic from? Like anybody curious about that? Like anybody want to know, like, where did that name come from? I don't really see that in the Bible. That's a strange name. Well, if you'd like to know the answer to that, see me after service. I would love to tell you more about where we got our name from. So I get asked questions like, do you have a children's program? Do you have children's ministry? Do you have a student ministry? Uh, what time are the services? What is the dress code? And so if you're here, you can tell what the dress code is. Are you active in the community? Then I get asked theological questions like, what version of the Bible do you use and why? What do you believe about the sovereignty of God? What do you believe about sin and salvation? What do you believe about heaven and hell? And then I get asked other questions like, why don't you have communion more often? Why don't you have a singles ministry? Why don't you have a homeless ministry? Why don't you have Saturday night services? And a question that by the end of the service, we're, we're all wondering is why are your seats so uncomfortable, <laughs> right? So like, yeah, we're all asking that one. I ask that anytime I'm sitting in them. So those are all questions that I have been asked about our church. And recently, I have been asked a different type of question. I've had several conversations with people recently that have said something like this. You know, I, I love what God is doing at Epic, and I would like to play a part in that. So how can I help? I think that is my favorite question ever. I, I love that question. Whether it's here at church, it's at home, it's at work, anywhere. I love the question, how can I help? It communicates a lot to people. It, if someone's carrying a heavy burden, it says, hey, you don't have to carry that all by yourself. I'm here to help you. So when your arms are full, you know, you're at the grocery store and you told the Publix person who said, hey, I can help you to the car. And you said, no, thank you. I can do it myself. And you wished you would have had them as you're going to the car and somebody comes along and says, hey, how can I help? Or when you've got a work deadline, there's a project due, big project. You need some extra help. And one of your coworkers says, hey, I know you've got that due next week. Like, how can I help you get that ready? Or when you're working at home, but you haven't been able to get some of the projects done that you so desperately need because you've been so busy and someone, either a family member or a friend comes along and says, hey, how can I help you get those projects done? I know those are important to you. How can I help? When your entire Guatemala mission team sees you up on the roof and you're, you're just about to finish this, this house that you're building for this homeless family. And you're, let's just say it's me up on the roof, okay? Just for conversation's sake. That, that I'm up on the roof and I'm trying to get the last screw, the, um, the last screw put in the beam to hold that corner of the roof down. And I've put like 20 holes in that corner because I just can't get it, okay? And when your whole team, instead of saying like, hey, Trent, it looks like you're trying to put a skylight in that corner of the room, instead of that, when they asked, Trent, how can we help? 
I love that. Not that that happened or anything. You know, it's hypothetical. It's just hypothetical. Um, but I love being a part of, of, a, of a church, a, a family of friends where people say, I want to help. How can I help you in your time of need? The question, how can I help, communicates to people, you're not alone. I see the burden that you carry. And we all carry burdens. I mean, each one of you has a certain amount of burden on your shoulders. And there are days that you shoulder that and you say, this is too much today. I'm not sure I can carry this any longer. And when someone says, how can I help? That communicates, I see your burden. You're not alone. I'm here. I'm here to shoulder some of that. I will carry some of this if you'll let me. I'll walk along this journey with you and and help you know that, that I'm here to help you. How can I help is a very powerful question. So I would like us today to say it out loud together and kind of just, just for the fun of it as a group, let's just do that together. So on the count of three, let's say, how can I help together? Here we go. One, two, three. How can I help? Powerful question. Great question. I'm glad you asked because now I'm going to tell you how you can help at our church family, okay? Remember, I'm talking to those of you who would say this is your church home. Now, one of the cool things about a question like that is that I know many of you are asking it. Many of you are saying, listen, like, I I love what God is doing here, and I would love to play a part. I'm just not sure what to do. So a number of you don't know what to do, don't know how to get involved, don't know where to get involved, don't know where to begin the journey. And there's even some of you that say, like, I'm not sure I have anything to offer. I've spoken with a number of you that have said that. Like, I just don't know if I have anything to offer. What could I do? What, what am I good at? I'm not sure that I'm good at anything. But the reality is you are good at some things. You do have much to offer. You have much to offer back to God. You have much to offer to our church family. You have much to offer to our community. And how do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. The Bible says, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have been given what is called a spiritual gift. You have a special ability that only comes from God. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 12 says, starting in verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. And verse 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. So again, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have been given a spiritual gift. You've been given by God a special ability that only comes from God and only goes to Christ followers. You might have the gift of mercy. You might have the gift of encouragement, the gift of generosity, the gift of teaching, wisdom, faith, healing, leadership, evangelism, or any of the other amazing gifts that God gives to his church family. Now, here's what God wants you to do with that gift. Verse seven continues, and it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So your spiritual gift wasn't given for your benefit. It was given for the benefit of other people specifically what that passage calls the body of Christ. 
Now, let me explain that for just a moment. The body of Christ is, is a way of just describing a group of Christ followers gathered together. So we this morning, if you're a Christ follower, we represent the body of Christ here in this building. All the Bible-believing churches in our community, together we represent the body of Christ in our community. So the body of Christ can be used on a local level, it can be used on a global level to describe all Christ followers around the world. So again, that's what the body of Christ means. And um, 1 Corinthians 12 goes on to say that just like a human body is made up of many parts, the body of Christ is also made up of many parts. And each of us has a part to play. So in God's body, you might be a hand. You might be an arm. You might be a leg. You might be a foot. You might be a mouth. And if you're the mouth, like, don't... Be careful, or don't point at anybody if you think they're the mouth, because they may tell you, like, hey, I'm the mouth. So we all have a part to play in God's body, and God has given you a spiritual gift to play that part well. Now, here's a sad reality about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts can be misused if we don't use them to benefit other people, if we use them for ourselves. So maybe you have the gift of making money, which is often tied to the spiritual gift of generosity. And maybe you use that gift for you and your benefit. Maybe you don't help anybody out in a time of need. That would be a selfish use of that spiritual gift. Maybe you have the spiritual gift of leadership and you lead well in in your life. Maybe vocationally you lead very well, but maybe you don't lead yourself spiritually. Maybe you don't lead your family or your friends spiritually. Maybe you don't lead in any context in the church with that spiritual gift. That would be a selfish use of that spiritual gift that God has given you. So again, God's given you a spiritual gift for the benefit of other people. Now, some of you might be thinking, I'm not worried about misusing my spiritual gift because I have no idea what it is. So I'm not worried about misusing it. How do I find out what gift I might have? And there are several ways for you to find out what your spiritual gift might be. One is by taking a spiritual gift test. So you can take an assessment. So there, most assessments are online now, and you can go online, and you can fill out some, uh, some answer some questions. Some of them take 15, 20 minutes or so, and you can just sit down, and, and in a short amount of time, you'll be given what... Uh, that assessment believes your spiritual gift to be. Now, I've put a link to one spiritual gift assessment that you can take online. It's on our spiritual growth challenge that we make available each week. You can pick up a copy of that from our Connection Center, or you can download it from our website later today. And then later in this week, you can just go to that website and take a test, and it'll give you an idea of what your spiritual gift might be. But the best way for you to figure out what your spiritual gift might be is to serve, is to get active in serving. Those spiritual gift assessments are good. They can give you a general idea, but the best way to figure out what you're good at is to actually get active in serving because here's the thing that happens when you do that. You find what you're good at and you find what you're not good at. And sometimes people say, well, don't I need to know what my spiritual gift is before I get active in serving? The answer is no, because you're going to discover on the journey what your spiritual gift is. That if you take an assessment, it'll give you a general idea, but you won't know if that's accurate or not until you start serving to figure that thing out and figure out whether that is really the gift that God has given you. Now, 
Some people are afraid to serve, and, and I've been afraid to serve in my life. There's many reasons why we can be afraid to serve. Some of us are so busy. We say, I'd love to serve in the church, but I just don't have the time right now. You know, if my calendar frees up or if I can figure out some, some time later in life or maybe when I retire, I'll get active in serving. And if you feel that way, I understand. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But there are another group of people that say, listen, I'm afraid to, to serve because I'm afraid I'll get asked to do something I'm not good at. You know, I'll get asked to get put in this place and like, I'm really not good at it and I'll feel terrible about it and people will see me doing that thing and they'll know I'm not good at it and it just won't be good for me and anybody. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment from our perspective, okay, as a church. Why would we knowingly ask you to do something that you aren't good at? We wouldn't because you aren't good at it, okay? Like we don't want to purposely put somebody in a spot that they aren't good. That wouldn't be good for them. That wouldn't be good for the people that we're trying to serve. I mean, that's like asking the guy with no personality to be in charge of greeting people at our church. Like, no way. Like, you would kill the work that God's trying to do in our church family. So we wouldn't knowingly put you in a spot that you are going to be bad at something. But you may discover as you start serving in an area that you aren't all that good at that thing. Here's what that can mean. That can mean that you aren't good at that thing. And then what we can do with you is just check that off the box. Hey, so-and-so is not so good in this area. Let's move them on to another area to help them find what they are good at. Or it might mean that you have potential in that area. You just need practice. And maybe you have that gift and it's just a gift you haven't used. And so you've got to learn how to use it. And with practice, you'll get better at it. I will never forget the first time I preached a message. My pastor asked me to fill in for him and, and preach a mes- message, and I was so nervous. I mean, I, like, I was throwing up before the service and ready to throw up during the service and ready to throw up after the service. I wrote my message out word for word, and I read it without looking up, barely. Like, I didn't want to look into people's eyes. I knew it was bad. I didn't want their eyes to acknowledge to me, like, how bad this really is. So is anybody, just curious, anybody here experienced that first message? There might be a few. There's one, two. Wow, man, you guys can attest to that. Okay, so it's bad, boring, horrible. As I did glance up, I got to see people catching up on some much-needed sleep. Now, it just still happens today, but I'm much more comfortable with it. So if you need to lay down, go ahead. But just remember, it's not comfortable as you lay there. But man, I felt terrible. And when we got to the end of the message, here's what I felt. Great. I was so excited. Why? Because I knew my pastor would never ask me to do that again. It was obvious. I bombed. It was so bad. And then he asked me to do it again. And I'm thinking, were you not here? Like, like, did you not see that? That was a train wreck. And he asked me to do it again. And again, and again. And so I started having conversations with God, saying, God, if, if I'm supposed to be in this spot, I don't feel like I'm good at this. I don't feel like I have this gift. But if I'm supposed to be in this spot, delivering a message to our church family, then I need your help. I need to get better at this. And so I began a process of learning, going to conferences, reading books, and listening and learning from anybody that I can learn from. And I still work so hard to do what I do on Sundays. And I don't know if this will surprise you or not, but I put about 30 hours a week into one message on Sunday morning. 
and I work really hard. This, it, I don't feel like it comes really easy for me. It doesn't come really natural. I've got some friends that put in about 10 hours a week and I don't like them, <laughs> especially on Saturday night when I'm still working to get ready for Sunday morning, but I work very hard to do what I do. Now, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> and he was one of the guys at the first one, so very well appreciated there, Pete. So as you start your journey, you may discover, you know what, I'm not all that good at that thing that I'm trying. And that may tell you, listen, this just isn't the thing for me. Or maybe you have potential and all you need is practice. And as you practice, you'll discover what God has placed inside of you. So if you were to ask me, how can I be involved in what God is doing here? How can I help? My answer is to serve. And my next answer for the next question you're thinking is anywhere, okay? For those of you who are thinking, hey, where do I serve? The answer is anywhere. I think we've got so many opportunities for you to get active in serving. I just say dive in and serve and you'll figure out on the journey what you're good at and what you're not good at. And we'll be a part of that with you to help you get into that right place. Now on your seat, there should be a card that was placed there, um, it looks like this. On one side, it says, how can I help? On the other side, it has serving opportunities at Epic. And I just want to go through a few of these uh, with us this morning. So um, up in the left-hand corner, you see our connections team. So that's the team responsible for uh, putting our coffee together. Anybody grateful for our connections team when it comes to coffee? Yeah. Yep. They're also in charge of welcoming us as we come in. So they're out in the breezeway there. They're, they're stationed in strategic places to help invite people in, create a, a welcome environment where we can come in and learn more about God. Our children's ministry, Epic Kids, there's a lot of opportunities for you to get involved in a small group level where you're interacting with a small group of kids or maybe even do some large group teach stuff where you're in, in charge of helping to communicate God's message to children at age-appropriate levels. And some of you may say, well, I don't really like kids. Well, we got opportunities for you to serve there too. You can sign kids in, all right? So if you don't like, like kids, just sign them in. And welcome them and then point them to their class. All right, so and that's easy enough. I think you can do that. Our prep team, they're in charge of setting this place up. This is the coolest thing ever. I don't know if you know this. This is a middle school. Okay, so it's not a church. But today it is. So we get to transform a middle school cafeteria and building and use it on Sunday as a place where people can connect with God and grow in their faith. That is phenomenal. I love it. And we have a team that comes in on Sunday morning, seven o'clock, and it takes about an hour, hour and a half to get this all set up. And then afterwards, there's a team that comes, tears it all down. We would love to have you play a part in that. Uh, down at the bottom, you see our student ministry called Surge that serves our middle school and high school students. You could play a part in helping a middle schooler or a high schooler figure out their relationship with God at a critical spot in their lives. I mean, how many of you, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you would say, you know what, when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, I sure could have used somebody that would have pointed me in the right direction. You know, I know a lot of us could. So you could play a part in that. Our tech team 
So our tech team is involved in all the lights and the screens and the sound. I mean, sometimes they, they make me sound uh, uh, better than I am you know, when I'm off the microphone. Uh, so they do an amazing job back there. Um, and here's a cool addition that we have that we just got it this week. For two years, our lighting person worked behind the, the uh, curtain there in the dark for two years. You didn't even know they were there unless they sneezed. All right, so now let's all turn around and look at Brandon back in the window. Wave, Brandon. All right, woo! So now Brandon gets to sit in the perch and check out all of our bald spots, guys in that section. Um, But you could play a part in our tech team, a, a critical part of what happens in our services. You could play a part in our worship team. If you can play an instrument, I'd love for you to be a part of what happens up here. If you can sing, carry a tune, that would be fantastic for you to play a part in what happens on Sunday morning. Now, let me talk a minute about a couple of our areas. Today, you could start serving in several of our areas. You could start serving in our teardown after the service. Love for you to to be involved in that. You could start serving in our connections team. I could start serving in our tech ministry, and, and that would be great. Some of our other ministry areas, there's an extra step. There's actually an application process. And for example, in our children's ministry and our student ministry, one of our values is safety. We want to make sure our kids are around safe people. And so we have a background check that we ask everybody to do. If you're involved in our children's ministry, you're involved in our student ministry. And I think you should understand that. I think we all get that. I think we all understand how important that is to make sure our kids are safe. So if you sign up in those areas, then just know there's an extra step in the process. It's not a long step, um, but it'll help us make sure that we've got the right people in those areas. So just remember that in some of our areas as you serve. Now, I want us to run back at our serving opportunities and look at serving by the numbers, okay? So you can just see the numbers that we're looking for. We've got some amazing volunteers already serving, um, but here's what we need. We're thinking if we're to serve at optimal levels, if each ministry area was serving optimally, how many people would we need in each area? So here's serving by the numbers. Our prep team, we could use at least 10 more people that would commit and say, I'll come uh, Sunday morning or I'll stay late and tear down Sunday after service. And that way, that would help us to start creating some teams where we wouldn't have the same people doing it uh, every week. Our tech ministry could use at least eight more people. Our connections could use at least 15 more. Our worship team could use at least six. Our epic kids could use at least 28. All right, don't know if you know this or not, but on Sundays, we have anywhere from 125 to 150 children serviced in our birth through sixth grade. Like, that's a lot of kids, okay? And just so you know, your kids are well taken care of. But we would love to have more of you active in being involved and investing in our kids. Our student ministry could use at least eight more people to be involved in investing in students at critical times in their lives. Now, I hope you'll be a part of that. I hope you'll dive in and and find a place to serve. Let me just address one more thing before I close. For those of you who would say, you know what, I I would love to serve. I mean, I I feel that draw. I want to contribute to my church family, but I'm just not sure how I could get something like that into my overloaded calendar. 
Like, I understand that. I, I really do. There are moments I look at our church calendar, and I wonder, who's involved in putting this together? Because, like, there's so much stuff, and I'm involved in putting it together. So I know that we've got overloaded calendars. I know that we're super busy. But let me just remind all of us, myself included, that the local church is the hope of the world. The local church is God's number one plan to reach the world with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. The local church is it, folks. We are it. What we do on Sunday morning matters. And what we do when we're trying to, to create a church for people who don't do church, that's our tagline. And people go like, what does that mean? And usually people lean in. I love that when they lean in and go, what does that mean? I gotta check that out. What we do on Sunday morning matters for those people who are coming here to check that out. The real, the, the, Reality is for some people, when they come here, and maybe you're here this morning in this spot, some people come in, it's their last shot they're giving God. This is it. If something significant doesn't happen today, I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm not sure I'll ever come back. And every week, like I understand that every week I look out and think, where is that person? Where's that person sitting? Because God wants to talk to them. And we can play a part in helping them on their journey with God, whether it's greeting, whether it's holding babies, whether it's working with their kids, whether it's serving them coffee, whatever. We can play a part in helping someone get on track with God at a pivotal spot in their journey. So you will never regret one moment of time you've spent working through a local church. You'll never regret holding babies so a parent can come out here and hear a message that just might change their lives. You'll never regret the time that you invested in children or students at critical spots in their journey. And, and one day they may look back and say, you know what, when I was in the fourth grade, I had this small group leader that invested in me and made a difference for me, got me on a, a right track. You'll never regret helping to transform a middle school into a place of worship where people could come and hear a life-changing message and start a relationship with Jesus that will not only impact their eternity, but impact their today and tomorrow. You'll never regret being involved in a local church. It's God's number one plan to reach the world for Christ. So there you go. There is my answer for how you can help. And if you would say, I'd love it, that's awesome. I want to be involved. Great. I would encourage you to take our relationship to the next level. If you would say, not really feeling it, not really connected with that. That's just not the thing that, that I really feel like I want to be involved in. I get it. I'm like, I understand. Here's what I know. Our church is not for everybody, but I guarantee you there is a church for everybody in our community. And what I ask you to do as you're, as you're moving on and maybe dating some other churches is I ask you to find the one and dive in and serve. Like, don't sit on the sidelines. Dive in and serve and be a part of God's number one plan to reach the world. Now, I'm gonna close this out in a word of prayer, and uh, then my stunt double is gonna come out, and he's gonna tell us about what we can do with these cards. So let's pray together. Lord, I'm so grateful for, Jesus, what you modeled for us in Scripture that you modeled serving. You, the creator of the universe, had every right to show up on planet Earth and ask us to serve you, but you didn't. 
You came and said, let me show you how to serve. Let me show you how to wash feet. Let me show you how to serve people in need. And God, we understand that Jesus is the hope of the world. And you've chosen the local church to carry that message to a world that desperately needs it. So what we do on Sunday morning matters. The the things that we can be involved in here matter, whether we're setting up, whether we're tearing down, whether we're holding babies, whether we're pushing buttons on a computer or we're, we're turning the lights on or off or we're working with children, working with students, all of that matters to help us introduce people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. So Lord, I pray that all of us who, who call this church, our church home, we would jump in and get active. But how amazing would it be if we were the kind of church where we had so many people serving that our community would say, what in the world's going on over there? What are you guys doing? And through that, we could point them towards you. Lord, I pray that we would get active in your number one plan to reach the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, I am the stunt double. My name is Chris. Uh, Once again, wear the black shirt and the jeans. Thank you. Nice shirt. We did this a couple weeks ago. We visited a venue together and we showed up and we looked at each other and we just shook our heads like, come on, we're not middle school. We don't do this. But anyway, everybody, this is the serving opportunities car that Trent was talking about. What I want to say about this is uh, we have a real pretty glossy finish on it, but unfortunately, if you don't press real hard, your stuff isn't going to show up. So press a little bit harder so it's legible. Um, the other thing is we've got four lines of information that we're requesting that you fill out. If you do that uh, and fill it out completely, it'll really help us out. So please do that. Um, if when you're done with this card, you have no questions. On the way out today, there'll be a couple people holding buckets. Dump your card in the bucket. That's the way we'll collect them. If you filled it out, but yet you have a question or two, go back to our Connection Center, which is in the back corner over there. We're going to have some people in place, and they'll be able to answer any questions that you may have. If you get your questions answered, leave your card right there with them. If you're still kind of debating or struggling with, I'm not really sure where I want to serve or how I want to do this, uh, where my talents are going to be best utilized, take this card home. Put it on the fridge. Put it on your dresser, nightstand bathroom, wherever, and pray about it each day and say, God, what do you want me to, what do you want me to plug in? I, I know I can do something here. I, I know I've got these talents, but where? And find out where God's leading you, and then bring your card in next week. We'd be more than happy to take it from you next week. So if you haven't heard, our Guatemala 2 team has returned stateside safely. So round of applause for Guatemala 2. One of our pastors, Tim Jones, took a group down there. That was the second mission trip that we as a church um, uh, uh, took place in this summer down in Guatemala. And next week, we're going to hear about both mission trips. So if you want to hear some really good stories, I encourage you to come next week and you'll hear all about it. Now, if you call Epic Home, you've been coming here for a while and you support what we do and you want to continue to support what we do, there's two ways you can do that. At the back of the seating sections, we've got some tables set up and there's some giving boxes. You can go ahead and utilize those or you can visit our website, which is theepicchurch.com. We've got a giving tab and you can go ahead and you can donate electronically if you choose to. Now, you may have heard us talk about something called Financial Peace University in the past. We refer to it as FPU. This is a great nine-week small group environment and it's based on the principles of Dave Ramsey, who's a fantastic um, financial expert. My wife and I have gone through this class years ago. I guarantee if you go through this class and you adhere to the principles that Dave teaches, your life will change. Your financial situation will improve. I'm telling you, hands down, that's it. You follow it, it will get better. So if that sparks your interest and you're thinking, hey, listen, I want to get involved in that, 
Two weeks from today, August 24th, we're gonna have a FPU intro meeting right over in the teacher's lounge, which is over here. So you just go around the curtain, both services, after both services in two weeks, right over there, FPU intro. If you want some more specific information about FPU, once again, visit our website, theepicchurch.com, and there'll be an FPU link. It'll detail some real specific information. Also, there'll be a sign-up tab. So if you plan on attending, commit to attending, please go ahead, sign up. We just want to get an idea about how many people may be coming to that. My next announcement is for those of you that have children birth through kindergarten. I'm going to turn my back for one second just because we have a, uh, a, an issue that we're dealing with. We don't really call it an issue, but we are running out of room. Awesome problem to have because have you seen the size of the building over here? We'll keep making room. So keep bringing the kids, invite the neighbors, whatever. No big deal. We just have to make some changes to accommodate that. So normally when you would come in for birth through kindergarten, we'd have those double doors here and then the main entrance to services over here. Well, you're going to be going around the building on the right now and that's where you're going to be dropping the kids off. Birth through kindergarten. We're going to have volunteers out there. We're going to have signs out there. We're going to make this transition nice and smooth. But once again, we've got a ton of space. So keep bringing the kids. We'll just keep making some changes and give them more space to play in. It's fantastic. If you're new with us today, once again, we have a connection center in the back over there. I encourage you, stop on by. We'd love to meet you personally. Maybe give you a little information about who we are and what we're all about here at Epic. One last thing before we go. For those of you that are on teardown, usually all these comfortable benches that you're sitting on right here, we usually move all these and change them. Well, we've got permission to leave them like this for one week. So do not touch these. It'll save us some work next week. Got it? Okay, I was gonna, it really wasn't rhetorical. I'm making sure that we don't move the benches, okay? But if you're normally on teardown in here and you're feeling a little sparky, you got that caffeine from the great coffee our connections team provides you, kids area can use some help breaking down. So go over there, find, out some, find somebody that's tearing something down and say, hey, how can I help? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm using the cafeteria, the main service. So they'll help you out. That's about all I have for you. Have a great Sunday. God bless. Thank you.